Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve, where we promise you, you give us a few minutes of your time and we will shorten your learning curve by days, weeks, months, even years, because the guys that founded Extreme Ag have made the mistakes. They're doing the trials. They're out there on their farms, very business-minded, forward-looking farming operations that are doing cool stuff that you can learn from. And this episode, we're going to talk about drainage, everything from the very genesis of drainage to the most advanced thing we're doing with our sponsor, Advanced Drainage Systems. You know, drainage is one of those things that uh, I grew up around in northeastern Indiana. Northern Indiana was actually a swamp, the last part of Indiana to be settled. We started from the Ohio River and worked our way up. Why? Because it was mostly boggy, swampy stuff. Turns out there's really good farm ground there, can make a lot of bushels, grow a lot of crops, but you got to manage the water. So I grew up around drainage and tile drainage, something that I, you know, just uh, accepted. And if you buy a chunk of farm ground, it's like the question, does it got drainage? How was it? When is it put in? How good is it? Those are questions that we always ask. Well, it turns out a lot of parts of the United States of America weren't sort of early adopters to the drainage thing. In fact, some folks are just putting in drainage for the first time. We have some of that going on within Extreme Ag. Chad Henderson in Northern Alabama put in his first 90 acres of tile drainage just in the year 2021. Our friend Lee Lubers up in Gregory, South Dakota, similar story, installed 1,100 acres of drainage tile for the first time. And then we got Kevin Matthews, Matthews Family Farms in North Carolina. 15 years ago, he began putting in tile drainage, and he also then bought his own equipment to become what we might call a farmer applicator or farmer installer because he has some spare time during the winters. He was doing it on his own acreages. Now he's also doing it for his neighbors. So he's got 15 years of experience putting in tile drainage, and he also uh, has done it on his own farms and for other people as uh, an installer. And then we've got Darla Huff, who is uh, with ADS. She's going to give you some overview about the company, what they do, and then Michael Meyer. Hoffer. His title is Market Development Specialist with uh, the company Advanced Range Systems. And the great thing is he grew up farm guy who also installed this. So he's got the dirt under the fingernail uh, sort of background. He understands this from the background of that. So start me off here, Darla. I, when you told me, you said, hey, there's a whole bunch of people that this is a brand new ball game. You told me this six months ago, I think when we met at the Farm Progress Show. And I'm like, what? Can I just start me off the beginning? So even folks that work in the herbicide industry are shocked sometimes to hear about tile. Um, Midwest farmers, not so much because it's been so commonplace for such a long time. Um, The first question we get from those who don't know that much about it is why is it called tile? And that comes from the birth of it starting in clay, kind of like the terracotta roots. You kind of see you lay it on top of each other that way in the ground. Um, Exactly. (laughs) Great, great example. 
I grabbed a um, piece. I grabbed a piece of tile roof from my house here in Arizona, and this is not drainage tile, dear folks. But it's <laughs> awfully darn similar because in the old days, as Darla is describing, you went out there and you said, "Hey, we got a wet spot. Well, how are we going to drain it?" You went and dug up clay. You shaped it into a into a circular tube, and then you baked it in an oven, and then you had some guy go out with a spade, dig down a few feet if he could, and then run it sort of on a little bit of a grade so that it went down to the nearest creek. So this is what we're talking about. That's why it's called tile, just like these roofs, right, Darla? That's correct. I'm impressed with your, with your prop there, Amy. Um, in 1966, ADS was founded um, in agriculture, actually, by two farm boys who thought there's got to be an easier way to do this outside of the process you were just describing, in that, and thus was born um, plastic tile. Um, so we were the first in the agriculture industry to have the corrugated tubing that, you, that is used today by multiple manufacturers and contractors that you see. Um, and ADS has really prided itself on the fact that we are able to help increase these yields and things like that for farmers year over year. And um, as water management and water quality continue to become that much more important in the industry, we are seeing a huge boom in, in our industry and are trying to make sure that we are doing everything we can to support them from that perspective. We've seen probably over 30% of growth in the past three years since I joined ADS and took over the business. So it's a lot of exciting things going on. And these guys that you have on, um, on with us from Extreme Ag have been some of my best cheerleaders. So one of the reasons we wanted to have them here help explain that message. Yeah, I mean, from the very, thank you, by the very, uh, from the very beginning, we did it, Michael, because it made sense. You know, like you're from Northern Illinois, I'm from Northern Indiana, we get 38 inches of annual precipitation. Uh, it, it's it's uh, one of those things where, and the, the soil is very fertile, but it sometimes is boggy. You're trying to get a crop plant out there in May and it's holding a lot of moisture. So we did it out of complete necessity starting 100 years ago when we invented this thing called clay tile, which now, as Darla said, is essentially coils of perforated plastic pipe now uh, for the listener. Um, kind of just began on necessity. Kind of give us a little more historical perspective on that then take us to fast forward because you've obviously been around it your whole life. Yeah, so a lot of the reason that they started with clay tile was essentially just to get your surface water off. So a lot of times they'd run, you know, one line out to where it was ponding, put a surface inlet in, and it would drain the water. Uh, and they, that and they run and they run that on a little bit of a grade going to the nearest creek, river, ditch, pond, lake. That's correct. And neighbor's the way that pro- neighbor neighbor's property usually a good yeah. place to run it. Yep. So that was kind of the start, and then it migrated into, hey, I got rid of that surface water. Now let's see what it does. Just getting rid of the excess moisture. So uh, that's when they would just kind of run a line here and there as well, but the water would kind of percolate into where the clay would butt up to one another uh, to where now it's, you know, perforated into the plastic pipe itself, you know, in the manufacturing process is how it gets in. But um, that was kind of the, the, the main reason was just to get rid of the surface water and excess moisture. Now that we've really seen the benefits behind that, that's when we're seeing, uh, especially in the pattern systems, we're seeing, you know, more consistent stand, earlier planning depth or earlier planning date. Uh, better root development, more microorganisms. I mean, the, the ancillary list or the secondary list goes a lot further than just getting rid of excess moisture. Um, and one thing that we kind of pride ourselves in at ADS is, and that's why we kind of changed our motto to our, our reason is water, is we're trying to manage that water table versus just get rid of the water itself. Uh, that's when we really start seeing uh, more yield benefits and economic benefits 
uh, versus just getting rid of that uh, excess moisture. Michael, are you one of those guys that goes on vacation and does every single thing that the resort has to offer on the first three hours there? Because you essentially just did everything that I was going to ask you about in this entire <laughs> podcast in the first like minute and a half. Microorganisms, water management, et cetera, et cetera. You just shot right through that. Well, I, I tend not to go on vacation because Darla <laughs> uh, keeps me too busy at ADS. But uh, yeah, when I when I do, I do like to do uh, a lot of the activities right away. So. Okay, so... Uh, we're going to come back to that because I'm trying to jot down the notes here. You talked about microorganisms. You talked about obviously soil health, which is a big thing there because again, it's not just getting rid of water, which was the most important thing when we began. And now we're seeing other benefits. Let's talk about other benefits. I think we're going to go, uh, we're going to go to Kevin because he's the old hand here. Kevin, you 15 years ago, nobody in your part of North Carolina was putting in drainage tile. You were buddies with Midwestern guys. You're one of those one of the things we, we push here with Extreme Ag is having a broad network, having the, the guy in Iowa like Kelly Garrett or the connection with Lee up in South Dakota or your buddy Chad over in, in uh, Alabama in enough breadth that you're like, you know what, if this works there, why are my neighbors trying to tell me drainage tile isn't going to work or be valuable here? And you said, BS, I'm going to try this. So kind of take us back there 15 years ago. Yeah, well, we've always had what we'd call French drains, you know, natural tile systems where you'd uh, dug manually, going back to the terracotta pipe, like you was talking about, the clay tile. Uh, lots of times they'd use slab boards. Uh, some people use hay, straw, whatever they could. Do them all manually, but very labor intensive and very expensive. And uh, uh, we went to installing with the... Uh, like 10 foot sections of the corrugated pipe you could buy, or maybe buy a hundred foot roll or something and put them in manually and then put wash rock on. Very expensive, very labor intensive using excavators. And the guys in the Midwest was tiling and it was working great for them and their uh, mucky soles. And we felt like it, there's, I just couldn't figure out why it would not work in our environment. And it was so much cheaper just to plow it in versus getting the excavator out, getting gravel out, um, you know, shooting lasers, getting grades, you know, it's just so much to do it. The other system works. There's no question it drains out, but it's so cost prohibited. It's, it's, you just can't afford to do it that way. Well, you, you, so went, we bought, you went right down to the installation. So I guess we might as well stick with that because that's where you went first. So going back to like where Michael and I are from, like I said, in the old days, it was the guy that dropped out of school in third grade. They gave him a spade and a shovel. And then I said, go out there with your, you know, the old thing, the world needs dish diggers too. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about the guy that every day went out with a spade and a shovel, dug down. Sometimes in our part of the world, Michael, they're only going down like 18 inches a hundred years ago because the guy was probably hung over and didn't want to work out hard, right? Damien, I will tell you, if you want to learn how to do things better, you get on the end of that shovel in that ditch and you will figure out a better way to do it. That's exactly right. And I and I've and I've been and I've been there on the I've been on the spade uh doing the the short runs or the stuff the excavator couldn't get into. So basically that's what was happening. And then you kept saying, I'm gonna put this in. But before you get into the application part of it, your decision ahead of all the neighbors was I think this is gonna work. Why would they tell me that we're not going to make this work in North Carolina? You, you kind of, you kind of changed, uh, you changed things up in your neighborhood because you were earlier on adopting this. Well, you got to learn one thing that, uh, you know, my friends and colleagues helped me with was learning and understanding the soil structure and the soil profiles. 
and its natural ability to filter water. And when you dig with an excavator, you are, you're putting dirt back, you're just re relocating. Lots of times you're just mixing everything all up. So you've changed the entire profile. Yep. So it takes time. And when you plow the tiles in, it made me think, okay, it's going to let my soils go back together into more of a natural formation. And so that was one thing that led me to believe in that the plowing the tiles in would be better in our soil types. So then we also look at it from a farmer perspective, where do I want to spend the money and what do I want to tile? Well, the easiest way to raise the farm average is target the lowest yielding areas you have. Yeah. I mean, when you're already at your top, your best land, your best yields, Damien, it's hard to improve that in percentages, but you go to, you know, you go to down to something that's, you got a quarter acre out of a five acre block, it's a zero, and that quarter is dragging your overall average down tremendously. Well, if you can improve that, you can bring your average up. So that's what we focused on was all those areas. And then, um, we had uh, one particular river bottom. It was a, a 200 acre field there. And out in the middle of it is a five acre, basically a pond. I mean, it, it held water and it was five foot below the um, getting out surface drain wise. So it's just like a little punch bowl out there. So when we went through, we were six foot in the ground when we went through that ridge to get into that area to drain it. And it, it was a game changer. So now, you know, used to we had to farm it different. Some years we just left it out. Yeah. So we no longer do that now. All right. First off, that's probably something, again, because Darla wanted to remind me, there's a lot of people, this is a brand new concept, you know, as opposed to growing up around it the way maybe Michael or I did in the uh, Midwest. You just talked about, obviously, water runs. We all know this, water runs downhill. And so you said you had to go in and install something and you had to go down six feet to catch the right grades that would get to, so it would get out of that field and into a, your, your outlet. That's correct. Yes. And it was a, that was actually about a 3,200 foot run. So it's pretty good runs. And we pattern tiled that done it on 60 foot centers. Um, and our goal, we really actually in this situation, we didn't want any water going into our canals. So we laid that out so that we had a dry ridge across the field and we laid that. So we pulled that water out of that low area and our intentions were for it to percolate into the dry areas. And then before it got to the end of the pipe, we've kind of subsurface irrigated that dry ridge across that field. So the beauty you is- you, you used perforated drainage pipe, which is all that it is, what tile is we call it now. You essentially mm -hmm. use it to take water from where it was a problem and then put it somewhere it, before it ever got to its outlet, it was actually then being utilized in a area that needed the water. Yeah, because we, we want to keep all of our, you know, we want all our nutrients, as much moisture as we can keep into the, into the areas that we're going to use. So if you get a good design and someone that understands the soil types and the elevations and grades of the fields, you know, your goal is to, you want to move that water around and use it as much as possible. And the least amount you can let go into the canal or the ditches or creeks, that's what you want. The beauty is when it's, when the tile is put at the depths that we put it in, the water is so clean and pure coming out. So you don't have the nitrates and the phos phosphates runoffs that you would normally have 
if you had them real shallow up at the top or even surface drain, you know, but now you still got to get your surface as good as you can. It ain't, it ain't a fix off. You got little bitty holes out there in the field from a combine rut or something and you leave them, you're, they're going to stay there. You, you got to try to level your land and get it right. Yeah, the drainage, drainage systems are not going to fix farming sins that happen on the surface, I think is what I just heard you say. There. They're going to fix a lot of problems. And there's another part of it, really, it's about money. And just so the, the listener, dear listener and viewer, we're going to talk a lot about the money and the return later in this. We kind of want to start at the beginning of what it is, what it looks like, how it's installed, and then we will get to the financial benefit unless we talk to Michael. And of course, in the first 40 seconds, he's going to tell you everything, you know, in rapid fashion. He's the Cliff's Notes version of Drainage Podcast. Chad, you are one of those guys that um, uh, was new to it this year and you went out to an area, I've been to your farm, you looked at an eight or 10 acre uh, area and said, man, this is a hole, this is a problem, uh, it's too wet, I'm going to fix it. And that grew by about 10 times, you ended up doing a pattern tile system with a lift station on 90 acres. And you did it because you said, this is kind of an experiment, but also I know there's a payoff here. Talk to me. This, this farm is a farm that we, my granddaddy, my father bought in the early 80s. And as you know, you come through the 80s with a farm that you're trying to pay for, it's pretty tough. Um, and then when I come into the farm in the early 90s, uh, I wanted to put irrigation on it. Well, my granddaddy would let me drill one time a year. So good luck throwing a rock out there and trying to find water once a year. So, and, and, but we did hit water. In 2012, we hit water and we put irrigation on it. Well, we still had a spot there that we couldn't fix. This spot, when, when Dad and him bought the farm and took it on, he said it, it's a 180-acre farm, and he said that there was probably probably 60 acres on it that they didn't even work. It was in grass, and just they couldn't work it. So they just kept dwindling down. Well, they got it down to about, I'd say, five to seven acres. And you could work it. You could put a crop on it, but it would be July, late July, early August. When, just it finally got, when it finally got, almost when it's so dry, it's so dry that yep. it ain't going to, that's right. When you find it on the ground, it wasn't going to germinate because it's too dry. Okay. So in this spot is also irrigated. So the irrigator runs over it every time. Okay. So that's a hundred percent loss. Well, you know, we got the irrigation on it. They got the farm in good shape. And then my goal was to set out to fix this spot. Well, years went by, you know, I'm saying th two to three, to four years, I'm calling tile people in there from our area and a couple of them looked at it and they said, well, we can't drain it. Well, we can't drain it because it was zero grade with a ditch. There was nowhere for the water to go. Um, so I was actually been fooling around with thing. I was fixing to come in there and I was going to set a septic tank in. I have irrigation. I was going to set a sump pump in it. I was fixing to sump pump it just like at the house. I was fixing to figure it out. I was draining that spot and going to pump it into the ditch and let it come out. Well, about that time is when Extreme Ag come along. We go to uh, Row Crop Exchange. I meet Michael and Darla. And I go to tell them about my idea, about I'm going to set this in here. I got about, I need about three or four lines, about 70, 80 feet apart. Mm -hmm. I probably need five, six, 700 foot of tile. That's what I need to fix my problem. Mm -hmm. So I tell them about my idea of the concrete. I said, y'all think that'll work? They said, oh, yeah, it's called a lift station. I said, do what? They said, yes, yeah, a lift station. I said, how come ain't nobody told me about a lift station? They said, well, you probably just got internet last year. I said, I did. It's still dial up, but we working on it. Yeah. And it went from there. And so then I had a conversation and got to understanding how water moved. 
So let's back up one more minute. I promise you this story is getting shorter. So in the process of those years trying to fix it, I, there was people that had dirt available. So I just come in there and this kind of swell. I had them push. I had 10, 15, 20 loads of dirt piled on top of this spot. Oh, I'll just dry it up. All it does is move the water around. The water leaves here and it goes over here. And I'm like, yeah. well, heck. So when I understood with my experiences and then Michael and Darla started explaining to me a lot more about how water moved. And then with the experiences that I've had, I understood what they was talking about. Thus, we laid 45 acres of tile on that farm. And I think in all, on both farms, oh, what am I, 160, 180,000 feet of tile when I needed 500. So <laughs> there's my tiling experience. And I put it all in with a shovel. I didn't know about Kevin's deal, so I'm learning about that. Okay, you put it all in with a <laughs> shovel. And why, when you say shovel, you mean a, a backhoe type ex excavator? Yeah, well, it, it had a, my shovel had a name. It was McCain Brothers. And uh, did a heck of a job. Okay, so yours was done with with a with a traditional yeah. excavator, not with a tile plow. No, and by no, the way, I'm, by I'm, the way, I'm, dear I'm, listener, if you're listening to the audio and you want more of a visual, I would encourage you to watch the actual video that we're shooting right now because as we are talking about the different installation devices. Uh, we are overlaying the actual imagery of what, uh, obviously, you know what an excavator looks like if you're a farmer, probably a, even a backhoe. And then there's the other method, a tile plow. There's a autonomous tile or a self-contained tile plow. There's a pull behind a tractor tile plow. And there's also a thing called tile wheel. And we're going to be supplying you all those images. Yeah. You did 90 acres. You put in a lift station. You just got that done in the summer. First year experience, Chad. Well, we got another problem with this thing. This, we tiled our duck hole. So when I say duck hole, like, I mean our serious duck hole, like we rent this duck hole out or we manage hunts, we paid hunts. So we can't dry this duck hole up. It's an area of income. Yeah. So we, we, we put the lift station in. It worked well. We were able to shut the lift station off, bring the water level up. Um, we, we're learning about how the water moves still. Even with the lift station in, the water moves out through the tile to the least resistance. We know that. And so it's interesting to see how a field's dry and you push the water up and we can push water out across the field somewhere else. Some say they can subsurface irrigate. I ain't so sure, but anyway, it's yet to be seen. Got it. While we got this, that's a fantastic story and experience. Michael, uh, you're the technical guy. For the layman, how does this, okay, the, the person listening is finally in their understanding. You dig down or you plow it in, whatever, and you put in this perforated plastic pipe. And then the water goes down, seeks that. Then it goes downhill because water runs downhill because you run these drainage runs on a little bit of a grade. And it only has to be like one inch every hundred feet or something, one inch every thousand feet. So it's some really small number, right? But now something about a lift station. And he was talking about sump pumps. We know how sump pumps work. If you're in a place that has a wet basement, describe in layman terms, how the lift station works and what the purpose is? Yep. So I'll back up one quick thing, though. Uh, that McCain Brothers, just because I, I know there's people out there scratching their head right now, they actually install with a self-contained plow, not, not an excavator. So those that are saying, how in the world did they dig in 100,000 feet uh, with a hoe? It was actually done with a self-contained plow. That's right. Um, we run a big wheel machine uh, yeah. for the mains and then run a self-contained plow. <laughs> yeah. And also, Michael, real quick, when a person thinks of a plow, it ain't a moldboard plow, it's a tile plow. What what is it? It's essentially just a great big uh chisel shank, shank yeah. with yeah. with with a hoe with the pipe sort of uh unreeling the way it, like a, a fishing line would unreel. Yeah, so essentially it's a big shank with a with a boot on the back of that shank, and that's it's installing pipe as you're heaving the ground. So it's 
you're going through the ground, it's heaving it, you're laying the pipe and that ground settles right back on top of the pipe. Uh, so it's all being done at, at once. So. Okay. So that's that's the probably the most common uh, method of installation of plastic drainage pipe, right? Uh, that's correct. Yep. Uh, and today, yeah, the, the history was, you know, utilizing a wheel or a chain trencher, but uh, now it's mostly common with a, with a plow, but um, lift state lift station uh, yep. in layman terms. Why did he need it? I mean, he was talking about sump pumps. So we understand apparently it's low and you got to get that water up to get it away. So talk to me. Yep. So anytime you have your outlet is higher than what you need it to be. So if your system needs, say, four feet of an outlet depth, but your creek only allows it to be three feet, essentially that doesn't work. You can't outlet water underground. Um, it would just, you know, saturate the soil and you just damned it's, uh, damn the water up. So in that point in time, you would need to lift that water up to that outlet level, and then it would outlet into your ditch or, you know, your creek. It truly um, is a sump, it's a sump pump concept. Essentially. On, yep. on a bigger scale. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we're dropping to Chad's, I believe it was a 30 inch tank, 15 foot tall. Uh, the reason we make it so large is because then you have a sump in the bottom of that. Uh, in that case, there's probably a, a five foot sump. Uh, we got variable frequency drive pumps slash uh, control panels. So everything's automated. Um, so you can essentially put it in, uh, track it on your phone and walk away. Uh, so at that point in time, there's no reason you know, if you're scratching your head saying, hey, I got, I got a drainage issue, but I don't have an outlet, there's a product out there that's going to allow you to to drain your soil if you want it to, to be done. So. so we're going to hear from Lee. And then after we talk about his project and his uh, what he's done, because he is a first time installer and he's not in the south. He is in the north. He's up in rural South Dakota. Lee Luber's large scale farmer uh, decided to put drainage in for the first time in the year 2021 installed 1100 acres between what he either owns or what he farms for landlords lee first time installer because your neighbors out there said wait a minute we only get like 14 inches of precipitation a year or whatever it is 15 16 you tell me they said why are you doing this Just take me from the whole decision from the beginning and then what your experience uh, was in the first year it still comes down to water management wherever you are. That's always critical. Uh, we're considered a semi-arid area, but with our topography, when we get large rains, it's always going to run down. And ultimately, it'll end up in a draw or it'll end up in a low spot, and then you have to fight it when you're trying to plant. Some of those spots you could not already get farmed or come back to two weeks or four weeks later. You're, you're losing yield. It's costing you money. And we start looking at other areas where people are doing water management and they're making it work. And we knew other farmers, even a hundred miles away from us have made it work that catch several more inches of rain on average. And we're like, we can make this work too. Uh, we talked to a local person at NRCS, but their personal biases and their misinformation was holding them back from being cooperative with us trying to do compliance plans. Because in our area, we need to do a compliance plan, which is actually very painless, very easy to do. Uh, 
we were kind of frustrated. Well, just just for the listener, Darla, please chime in on that. You made a point because obviously you're a global company, at least a national company. You got customers and installers in a lot of the you know states in the union. If I wanted to put in a drainage in Indiana, I don't have to do a lot of compliance per se with the NRCS unless it was some sort of you know, special, special area, you know, uh, but the main thing is in the Dakotas, a little different story. Just talk to that for a minute, please. Right. So we don't see nearly as much um, NRCS pressure in any of the other states that are popularly tiled or that we're investigating into our growth areas right now outside of the Dakotas. And my understanding, our, our local guys are up to speed on everything that's going there. We're actually helping work with legislation to help people understand what's going on. But in South Dakota specifically, um, between the, the, the Indian lands and then the, the wetlands back in the day, in layman's terms, what they did was they had all of this land to evaluate and tag. And essentially like, we'll tag it a wetland, we'll tag it a wetland, we'll tag it a wetland. And now getting it, even if it wasn't a wetland in some instances, because there just wasn't enough people to go around and do these things. And so now they're just having to justify the uh, untagging, if you will, um, of that requirement, which they're doing a very good job of, like Lee's a perfect example. Okay. Um, so generally, if you have a question, dear listener, viewer, farm operator, it's as easy as going to the Natural Resource Conservation Service and asking the representative, "Is I would like to consider drainage on this acreage out here. Is there going to be an issue? And they can walk you through any of this. And I, I, I wouldn't see any problem, certainly where I am. But in South Dakota, he had to jump through a, a little bit more of a compliance, but he says it still was pretty hassle-free. It's something just to throw on the end of that. Um, some people don't realize that drainage or what I like to reference it now as water management, because drainage can get a negative connotation. It's a conservation practice. It, there, it is incredibly beneficial and um, understanding that it is a conservation practice is a lot of times where states run into issues if they do because their government may not have the best, best education and understanding of that at that point in time. Lee, you, after you, you, at first you thought it was gonna be a hurdle, you've discovered with a little bit more work on the Natural Resource Conservation Service visit, you found a, a representative that was a little bit more with the times and said, oh, you fill out this paperwork and done. Take me from there. Yeah, I mean, due to our location, we're a little bit unique. We're the edge of the prairie pothole region, the flyway for all the ducks and geese that go clear up into Canada. So it's location, 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 as they say. We're the Western edge. And then there were surveys done years ago and dictating wetlands and even farmable wetlands. And there's places that we've been, that are considered farmable wetlands. We've been farming for years. We call them problem spots. We could actually do something with it, but we had to go through the paperwork process because of that designation that was done 30, 40, 50 years ago uh, before we were ever even involved in it. And so once we, we had a uh, person come into our NRCS office and they had seen over east, east of us how well it has worked. And I went and talked to them and I said, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And he says, water management drainage works. He says, Lee, I, I, know, I know this. I've seen it work successfully. It's good for the environment, good for the land. So we went through that process, gave them the list of land, Within 30 days, they get another person from another location, so there's no personal bias in or into it, to do the uh, de designations. 
on the land and boom, we were ready to go. So uh, we didn't get it done for years because we were working with essentially the wrong individual, the wrong mindset. Once you got working with the right mindset, easy peasy. Uh, then it was just uh, getting down to finding the right installer because with our the size of our farm, we have so many other things going on. We d decided not to own the equipment and try to do the learning curve of that. We felt it was better to hire it done and do the jobs that we do best and take care of our wheat stubbles post-harvest, take care of our soybean crop and haul grain and let the professionals do it. And uh, we're glad we did. Uh, we asked uh, several growers, some retailers, different people, and one name that kept coming to the top was Hodgman Drainage out of Minnesota. And then I had a conversation with Darla the first time I met her. And I said, I think we found an applicator to put in all of her tile. And she got a little bit nervous. And I said, it's Hodgman's out of Minnesota. She goes, oh, you're good. And we were beyond impressed with them. Extremely professional. Uh, it was kind of funny when they showed up due to our environment environment where we're located you have to come to what the, we call the river hills it's big grass canyons and trees and nothing but cattle for 20 30 miles when the crew came out for the job they thought they got punked because they came <laughs> river it's about a mile and a half long bridge here they are in cattle country and big canyons like what are we doing out here <laughs> then they come rolling down the last hill come into gregory and it's like oh my gosh there's farmland all over then they knew they were in the right spot. So uh, it was a very good process. We learned a lot from the crew. When you get a good crew working there and the surveyor, they help educate you a lot on uh, topography, water management. And so it was, a, it was a learning process for us, which we love because we, it's important to know what you're doing, the reasons why. And uh, very, very easy process. Glad we went through it. Uh, a lot of those problem spots, we, we were in a drought in 2021 and there were spots that we tiled and within 24 hours, we had water coming out the bottom out of the drain by the creek. And that was beyond cool because we're no-till guys and soil structure is very important to us. And with the tile plow, very minimal disturbance uh, true, the earthworms right around the plow probably thought they had a bad night in Tijuana, gave them a bad headache, <laughs> but they'll rebound and they'll bounce back. And actually, we know our earthworm counts are going to explode from this because we're taking problem areas where saturation issues, the yeah. uh, ponding, we're hurting our earthworm populations. Now they'll be prolific. So within 24 hours, we have water coming out the tile outlet. And one thing we noticed too, that we never thought about. The deer, the pheasants, the turkeys, all of our wildlife love that water source. It's filtered. It's through nature's filter mm. and it comes out the bottom. And in a hot summer day, uh, what's better than 50 degree water that's been essentially purified? And the amount of wildlife tracks is insane around our tile outlets in our environment. It, it's huge for the wildlife. It, it gives them a water source that it's the best one out there. 
You know, I, I, by the way, you, we started and we talked about, and Darla said that, you know, drain, how drainage, uh, some people don't understand it. And certainly some environmental people uh, don't certainly understand it. It's water management and ultimately it is environmentally beneficial. We're going to make this a two-part podcast, dear listener. And so you can go right into listening to the next one. But in case you uh, are at the end of your drive, you're picking up the kids at school, whatever, we wanted to break this into two pieces. So what we're going to do is we're going to come back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about lessons learned, more benefits, like Lee just started talking about environmental benefits, but also obviously earthworm benefits, soil benefits. You know, we're talking about improving your asset because that's really the bottom line. You're going to spend money. Is it going to improve your asset? Well, certainly it is. And it'll make you more money on your crops. So we're going to talk about problems, lessons learned, results, money, benefits when we return. And we're going to get into a little bit more detail on some of that. So if you only had time for this one, make sure you catch the next one. Uh, If you want to just roll right into it, you can do that. Uh, That's Darla. That's Chad. That's Kevin. That's Lee. That's Michael. I'm Damian Mason. It's Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions. 